The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. Hey, it's Dan Roth, LinkedIn's Editor-in-Chief. Today on This Is Quick, Andrew Seaman joins Nina in the booth. Andrew runs LinkedIn's job seeker franchises, which we call Get Hired. Nina gets the details on how Andrew thinks about work, his best practices, and why he's so passionate about helping people land great jobs. So today I have with me the lovely Andrew Seaman, host of Get Hired, which is a podcast and also a newsletter. Thank you so much, Nina. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. What is one thing that you always have to have with you? An item or a gear that you cannot show up to work without and it cannot be your phone? I would say it would be my bag. I have an a weird attachment to having a bag with me. If I don't have a bag, I don't have like random things that I might need. Uh-huh. So within my bag, I have like a little pouch from the brand La Sports Sack. Mm-hmm. And I have like extra contacts in there. I have band-aids. I have hand wipes. I have just the most random stuff. Mm-hmm. But they come in handy sometimes. So yeah. it reinforces like, no, you have to bring a bag. It feels like this bag is like your catch-all and kind of a security blanket in that. Like, if the apocalypse happens, you're ready because you have your bag. Yeah, I have my bag. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be able to survive an apocalypse based on what's in there. Like, I don't think my Tide pen will do anything <laughs> for me. But, yeah, it's just like that comfort being like, no, I yeah. got my bag. I'm yeah. fine. When did you first know what you wanted to do? And what's your one piece of advice for those who are still figuring it out? Probably in seventh or eighth grade, I wanted to be a science teacher at one point Hmm. because I was terrible at grammar and English, and I still am. But, you know, you could fake it. I job shadowed a science teacher when I was in eighth grade, and I realized that even at that age, I had the foresight to realize I can't tolerate teenagers or children. I want nothing to do with these people once I graduate. So I was like, ooh, I always like journalism. I like reporting. I like watching the news. So I think that's when I decided around eighth grade. And I started little articles here for like the local newspaper. It's I come from a very small town, so it's not like the barrier to entry was very high. And I think when it comes to career advice for pursuing what you want to do, it would be to just figure out ways to make it kind of happen at a low level and test it out. And then like, if you get that encouragement to be like, hey, I kind of like this, let's keep going with it. So, you know, test it out, do those little things, like write for your local newspaper in my case. So in eighth grade, you were watching the news? Yeah, yeah, no, I have, and this is my, this is gonna show you how weird I was as a child. You know how like people will like write to like sports figures or something like that? Sure. I wrote to Barbara Walters and Robin Roberts. Ah. <laughs> Barbara Walters sent me a photocopied autograph. Robin Roberts sent me a real one. And like somewhere in my parents' house, there is like a binder of like autographs from famous journalists that mm. I admired. And I had, I've had like a back and forth with Walter Cronkite before he died and stuff. So, you know, that was my weird little childhood. I have a handwritten note from Dan Rather. Ooh. Yeah, and I 
kept that on my desk for a really long time. Oh, that's yeah. really sweet. Yeah. yeah, no, I I I think I have Walter Cronkite's photo framed. It's signed by him oh, wow. somewhere. Um and I ha- I have a backup. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we're such nerds. We're yeah, like yeah, yeah, Walter Cronkite yeah, yeah. and Dan yeah. Rabbit. What is one habit that helps you stay productive? I think it's Note-taking, I have a really weird relationship with note-taking. I carry, like, a notebook I have with me right now, but it's sort of just to take down quick notes. But what I've started doing is taking notes more purposefully on my laptop and, like, my phone I on, like, this app called Obsidian. And I think that helps me stay productive because I think in a before life when I had a ton of anxiety and like all that stuff that I didn't address. I was always keeping that stuff in my head and it would get jarbled in there. And then when I learned to sort of say like, okay, I don't have to keep this all just spinning in my head and put it down on paper or, you know, the screen that really helped to sort of clear my head, but also keep me on track of like what I have to do, what I don't need to do today, stuff like that. Who is your first mentor? And what was something important that you learned from them? I think my first mentor when I was in elementary school was our guidance counselor, Sharon Longo. She was such a sweet lady. Um, I haven't talked to her in probably 15, 16 years. I don't even know how how many. Um, But she was always just so nice. And um, she was just sort of real with people like for an elementary guidance counselor it was sort of like I'll be nice to you but I'm also not going to sugarcoat stuff Mm -hmm. so I think she was my first mentor and then when I got into college I had a mentor named Andrea France that I still keep in touch with who was my journalism professor. Do you take that with you are you that way now with people? I think so would you say I am? Yeah I would say you're a pretty straight shooter without being a jerk. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If someone shows up for a one-on-one with you, what is something that drives you nuts? And then conversely, what is something that someone does that makes you want to extend it? So being willing to just chat would extend it because Hmm. I think a lot of times you'll find out more about people's motivations or what they really need or want by getting off topic. So like a lot of times people come prepared, they have the agenda And a lot of times it's just like, hey, is that really what you want? And it's not trying to, like, get them or take advantage of the conversation. It's just sort of getting them off of their plan. Because I know in my own way, if I'm, like, really worked up about something or I want to talk about something, you could become blinded. Yeah. And so you want to say, like, hey, you know, let's talk about something else for a second. Let our guards down. Come back to this. So that's usually what makes me want to extend it. What drives me crazy people who will be like, hey, can we set up a call or something? And they'll try and put like an hour on my calendar. And it's like, hey, listen, I got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I want to talk to you for five minutes or like 20. (laughs) So like, let's start with 15 or 20. And then we'll Mm -hmm. go from there. It's interesting, the former thing you said, because most people will say that what drives them nuts is when folks come in and they're not prepared. I think it's it's fine to come in prepared. I just think it also helps to get people to think, 
is this really what you want? Like, right. or did you talk yourself into this? And that actually comes from high school because there was the one coach, Mr. Fonash, who was a very nice man. Um, he coached like girls softball. And I remember one of the things he used to do of if like someone was having a hard time while they were playing, he would go out and talk to them on the field and be like, you know, what's your prom dress look like? And mm. it was just like, it disarms yeah. them. It, it sort of gets them out of their own head or whatever. Yeah. And also it's just fun sometimes to talk to people. Yeah. So. Anything you've learned in the first couple of seasons of Get Hired that changed how you now approach something? Yeah, I think the main thing is, like, I prefer people and guests who can give, like, straightforward, actionable advice Mm -hmm. to listeners. And that's, like, the whole thing that I kind of try and do with Get Hired because, you know, you could tell people that the job market or the labor market is sagging or more difficult out there to get a job than it used to be. But that doesn't help anyone in the middle of a job search or someone who's starting it. It's much better to say, like, hey, here's what you could do to actually get your resume a little bit better. And there's nothing that will ever say, like, hey, you could get a job by doing X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. But what you could do is say, like, hey, we're going to try and do things that get you closer to that and increase the odds of success. So I think anything that gives actionable advice Mm -hmm. is usually a winning combination for the show. Last question, Andrew. Ooh. If someone came to you and asked, how is it that they can do what you're doing? What career advice would you offer them? Ooh, I don't like competition, so I would tell them (laughs) the wrong. No, Uh, I think I would say, you know, find something you're passionate about. And I think for me, it's helping people with something central to their life. So what I kind of discovered early on in my career is I liked reporting on things like the science of medicine. So I started out as a healthcare policy reporter. And what I found was that, oh, I actually like talking about the science of medicine because regardless of who you are, you can't escape that. You could be Jeff Bezos. You could be someone who is unhoused. But at the end of the day, you all have your health. And I think at the same point, you still have your livelihood. You have, you know, what you're doing day to day. So I think for me, that's what pushes me forward. So find whatever that is for you and figure out what you could do to experiment and also to have patience, which isn't something that comes easy for me. Mm. But figure out if that is what I want to do or that's an area where I want to focus on test out those projects, see where your opening is, and then have patience because it's not going to happen overnight. It might for some people, but for the vast majority, it's going to take time. And for me, it was saying to our editor-in-chief, like, hey, why don't we start a newsletter for job seekers? And it took a year before it became my full-time job. So it takes time for this to happen. But I would say, like, if someone wants to do what I'm doing, wait for me to retire or something (laughs) like that. Um, Or find what's important to you, apply it, test it out, and then have patience. And Because as long as you're moving down that road, it'll happen. It just might not happen tomorrow or the next month, but it'll happen. Have you always loved what you do? Yeah. I think every once in a while, what I always tell people, and I think it actually is a Confucius saying, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And that is completely wrong. Um, no offense to Confucius. I'm sure he was a lovely person. But <laughs> I'm sure he got a few things right. But yeah. this one he got I wrong. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, he, you know, I think he'll do fine. Um, but... Uh, 
you know, you're not going to love your work all the time. And I find that it's cyclical. And I think once I realize that when I get into like a funk or something, I'm like, okay, this will pass. Um, and as long as you're sort of generally okay. And what I try and remind myself is aim for contentment with your job. Don't aim for love because love is, love is a special sometimes feeling. And you could have like, a greater feeling toward like your significant other or your family or something like that. But for your work, you know, aim for contentment because some days you're going to show up, you're going to be miserable. Some days you're going to show up and you're going to be like, hey, that wasn't too bad. Um, and some days you might be like, wow, that was exhilarating. I love my job. But you're not going to stay there. So be aim for contentment and be realistic about it. So, so yeah, there are days that I've had obviously here, elsewhere where I'm like, eh, not the best day or not the best week, but you know, it turns around. Nice. Thanks. Andrew, thank you so much for speaking with us Thank today. you for having me. This was quick. Yeah, it was quick, right? Yeah. My thanks to Andrew, Nina, and the team for putting this together. We'll be back next week with more great takeaways. Be well and stay curious.